0: Watching on movies with Rebecca and Jason Are you gonna
1: love them or hate them? Here, Here comes, comes the binge. binge! Hey everybody, welcome to the binge In which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases I am Jason Leroy
0: And I'm Rebecca Olarte And today we have one new release Which is The Fate of the Furious um, And then we're gonna talk about uh, some of our favorite sequels that um, That we still enjoy So Yes,
1: we were looking for padding
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we need to pad out the show because uh, we uh, there were a couple of movies that were going to open today. Uh, then they had the date change and then there was some mm-hmm. stuff that's going to have screeners, but then they didn't. Guys, this is the exciting work that goes into making this show every week. Very ex- and it's it's
0: Exciting is the right word.
1: Juggling. Lots of juggling behind the scenes. And uh, and we were originally just going to go without a show this week because Faye the Furious... We,
0: we will do our, carry a show. We will do
1: our best, but we don't have a whole lot to say about it. It's not the assignment. It's no assignment, uh, despite sharing co-star Frank Kitchen. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, we had a couple of once I post on the Facebook that we weren't going to do an episode. There was some some fan uh, some fan uh, pushback and requests that maybe we give it a go, uh, including from uh, including from Alisa. Thank you, Elisa, for your the comment Facebook. from the Facebook. <laughs> uh, and uh, so we decided. You know what? We can hack it. We can we can just do F8 and then talk about other sequels that we have watched and enjoyed in our lives, because that's certainly a big part of being a movie watcher is being a sequel watcher.
0: F8. F8. Fate. <gasps> oh, just got that. Mm-hmm. Just fucking got that. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. There's a club here uh, in San Francisco called F- F- F8. Is uh, there? There is. And uh, I always called it F8. And then someone was like, oh, you mean Fate? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I meant. You're like, I'm being now ironic I am, by calling uh, it F8. Now I'm turning that on you. <laughs>
1: How's it feel? <laughs> I didn't do it to you in the first place to take it out on me.
0: Just got to keep paying it forward.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, well, but, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll attack Scott with that later. I'll just, like, <laughs> I'll just like write F8 on paper and hold I'll be like, what's this say? He'll be like, F8. I'm like, no, f you stupid fuck. <laughs>
0: Ah! Exactly. Now you paid forward. That's, that's, you're married. Yeah, it's marriage. Yeah. Right.
1: It's, it's, it's close friendships and relationships is, is what we're describing to you all right now.
0: Speaking of which, what's up with you, Jason? Well, thank you for asking.
1: Uh, so, guys, right now we are in the midst of the San Francisco International Film Festival mm-hmm. here in town. Um, SIF. Or now, SIFILM. It's now, it's now oh, SF right. Film. They're right. calling it that now, which doesn't have the same ring as Cif, um, but we'll make do. Um, or just call it the fifth. They don't get to tell us what to say. Um, and uh, so it's the sixtieth, sixtieth film. Um, so big year, big year. And uh, so I've seen a few. I've seen a few uh films that were major titles at Sundance. Uh, so I've been able to see them early while they've been playing around town. Last Wednesday, I saw on opening night. I saw Landline, the new film by Gillian Robespierre, who made Obvious Child. And this also stars Jenny Slate, as did that. Uh, it is a sort of a bittersweet dramedy about this Manhattan family in 1995, mm. um, that is coping with some infidelity, um, both on the parental level as well as on the adult child level. Um, and, uh, there's lots of great nineties fashion. Uh, they did a Q and A afterward and they talked about that they didn't want it to be about like a nineties, sh- uh, sort of kitsch fest. Mm. It was mainly the idea that they wanted to have the movie take place at a time when distractions weren't as easy to come by, when people had to were forced to sort of talk to each other, and couldn't fully engage. Oh, you're, 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 yes. Are they
0: railing against social media? They,
1: <laughs> no, they 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 said it in a very artful way. Okay. They were just like they weren't saying that's a bad thing necessarily. They're just saying like. The reason it's set in that time is because that's the kind of story we wanted to tell,
0: which is interesting. So the movie didn't have one of those lines that's like, oh, we're so glad Facebook hasn't been invented yet.
1: No, no. Um, It might be like a little button after the credits that didn't stick around. Just a little
0: anachronistic nugget.
1: But uh, but yeah, Jenny Slate uh, wears some really, truly hilarious mid-90s jeans throughout the film. And, um, and at the q and afterwards, she did dis- denounce the whole movie as, quote, a disaster for my ass.
0: <laughs>
1: and um, but she came through beautifully. Uh, I saw another film called Beach Rats. Uh, I also interviewed the filmmaker of that. Her name is Eliza Hitman. And it's a movie that's been getting some flack um, because it takes place in South Brooklyn. And it's about this 19 year old kid who is this sort of like lunkhead Jersey Shore type guy. But he's like a closeted gay dude. And, um, so he, on the, you know, he's spending his days with these awful shithead dudes. And then at night he's like going cruising in these dark places. And it's a, overall, it's a pretty.
0: Sounds like your type.
1: (laughs) I mean, I was like, I do understand. (laughs) Uh, but so this, this filmmaker has been getting dinged. Like she just made fucking cruising too. Um, (laughs) and when they premiered it at Sundance, like that would be a
0: sequel I would enjoy. (laughs) Now
1: that's speaking of (laughs) spoiler alert, what we're going (laughs) to say later. I know. I guess I'm like irate old queen at the at the Sundance premiere. Was like, what gives you as a woman the license to tell this story?
0: You know, women are just always. You know, they <laughs> no they make what. every movie about every t- <laughs> type of culture. Like, exactly. It's like stop being
1: so entitled, female you know filmmakers. So women. You
0: know, <laughs> you think that's why that hashtag took off. Yeah, because yeah. it, I paid Trist- to start it as well. <laughs>
1: there's also that it was sponsored. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so I got to. Talk to her about that and sort of express my solidarity with her to be like, I don't think that there is this weird... Imperative that like every piece of culture needs to speak for the entirety of the experience of all the people within. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And she was just like, "Thank you." (laughs) You were like, "Have you seen La La Land?" Exactly. (laughs) For instance, you know what your movie is just like La La Land. She's like, "Don't, don't do (laughs) that. Get out of here. I don't want to get tied to that." (laughs) Um, I'm like,
0: "Why not? Don't print that. (laughs) You're part of the problem."
1: (laughs) Uh, You know who who
0: entitles you to have an opinion on La La Land? And you like threw a glitter bomb and you left.
1: (laughs) Right. That's how I end most interviews and conversations. And sexual encounters. <laughs> um, so uh, That's
0: why there's always so much glitter when I come in here. <laughs> exactly. On Wednesdays.
1: <laughs> right. Whether they're solo or not, there's a glitter bomb at the end. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so Beach Rats is a really interesting, dark sort of psychosexual drama. And it has wangs. So thumbs up on that. And then last night I went and saw a movie called Patty Cakes, mm. which was a huge movie at Sundance. Huge bidding war. Fox Searchlight got it. It's sort of like a female eight mile set in New Jersey. okay (laughs) so the main character is this very overweight white girl in jersey um who's like 23 and just wants to get wants to make it as a rapper and um living in just full-on dirty jersey with her mother who's this alcoholic failed singer herself played by bridget everett Mm. queen bridget everett and uh so and then yeah this is sort of like uh yeah an eight mile type journey there's even there's a rap battle (laughs) it ends ends in a climactic performance at like a sort of a you know open mic kind of a uprising artist type thing um the movie and just like so both beach rats and patty cakes take place in jersey and they both starred these young leads who were just so well beach rats to south brooklyn but you know close enough and uh <laughs> and so such grit such authenticity such like stars born charisma mm. and i was like oh my god like what amazing kids they found with these like natural accents
0: they're both british the
1: beach rats guy is british <laughs> <laughs> the patty cakes girl is australian <laughs> and she was at the q a uh which is a fun moment so after this like packed screening of the movie this rapture she had this like 10 minute standing ovation for her when she came out on stage because she's so mind-blowingly amazing in this movie and it's a real stars born type moment and um and so she comes out on the stage and she sits down and they ask her a question and she's like well, I first had the film whenever I had the script sent to me by my EG. And uh, and then it, you hear like this, like through the whole audience. And she's like, oh, right. She's like, I'm Australian. Yeah. She's like, I hear the murmur." Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> uh, so, and it was like, everything's a lie. Um, I don't it's know. Movie
0: magic, Jason.
1: <laughs> it's, is it a movie magic thing? I think it's just, you know, there's just a greater... I don't know, emotional complexity of those people, <laughs> those people. So I'm going to go with on that. Um, and uh, although I guess from what I've heard, Australians have an easier time doing Southern accents or like Jersey accents uh, because there's something in just like the twang mm-hmm. of that, that that's complimentary. It just transitions really easily. Mm-hmm. And I do apologize for my Australian accent earlier. I've been working on it for a long time. I think time. it sounded
0: okay. <clears throat>
1: Thank you. It's really, to me, it's always been a tough, tough accent to mm-hmm. do. Um so I feel like I'm a little bit closer than I used to be. But mm-hmm. anyway, so those were three super notable films that any I watched. Any idea when we'll be film. able to
0: see any of those in theaters?
1: Yes. Um I think Land- they're all coming out this summer, I believe. Oh, great. Yeah, so this summer look for uh and they're all um they're all three so different um and uh each beautiful in its own way. So again, mm-hmm. those were Landline, Beach Rats and Patty Cakes. So nice. I've been keeping real busy with that festival. What about you, Rebecca? What are you up to? Uh,
0: I have been up to, I don't even know, not much. You know, we didn't do a show last, or we did the one movie last week, and so I've had a lot of free time, which I have um, done you know not a whole lot with. But today I'm just kind of, I don't know, I'm sort of can't really think of anything except what's um, going on in the world. We had a, a major uh, bombing happen today. We have some mm-hmm. scary news coming out of... Um, Washington. <laughs> <laughs> it's really,
1: it's deep commentary. Even like, ridiculous. What's, what's, what's happening in Washington uh,
0: these days? No, well, I mean, I was going to say North Korea, but that's not really oh, yeah. where the news is coming out of. That's it's true. Uh, It's from Washington about North Korea. Um,
1: yeah. You know, plans
0: to retaliate and... Um,
1: and also, isn't it terrible about Chechnya?
0: Oh, I mean...
1: The funny thing about saying what I just said, the reason I just cracked myself up with that, despite a reference to a gay um, internment camp, uh, is uh, in the first Bridget Jones movie just go with me um, <laughs> in the first Bridget Jones movie As
0: we, once again we're just going to talk about sequels
1: while uh, yes um, this is the first one though but I can't happily talk about the sequels um, Bridget is preparing for her date with, um, with Daniel Cleaver the Hugh Grant character and she thinks he's like a very like informed well-read worldly person and so she's like preparing talking points and things <laughs> to say to <that laughs> make her seem sophisticated <laughs> while she's like running the vacuum cleaner and she's like isn't it terrible about Chechnya? Isn't it terrible about Chechnya? 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 (laughs) Um, So when I saw that story, that did run through my mind, and I did giggle. Um, (laughs) And then I was like, "Oh no, it is actually terrible at Chechnya."
0: I feel like that's a bait. They're like, "Oh, (laughs) we did that." And then if you it was a gay like wily coyote trap, yeah, exactly. I just fell right into it. Right into it. You can't help yourself.
1: Ten times out of ten,
0: you can't help yourself.
1: But uh, but it is. With that said, it is terrible about Chechnya.
0: It, yeah it absolutely is and it's just um, you know it's like things have been scary for a while and um, they're scary in all sorts of ways and bureaucratic ways and uh, liberties um, being eroded ways and this one is just feels a little bit indiscriminate in terms of uh, who it affects you know if like you know, we sort of end up on the uh, wrong end of yes. something um, it's just a little it's a little unnerving every every you know, moment's already a little bit like is this what I want to be doing right now it's, uh, uh, so <laughs> without that's it. I have to go. All <laughs> right. I've wasted too
1: much of what little time we have left before we're There's, moderated. So, uh, so much pizza that I'm not eating by mm-hmm. sitting here.
0: <laughs> and I think that uh, and I would have, I would regret that.
1: Yeah. You know, so much for, you know, the dieting. It's pointless. Just stop, pointless. All, stop all dieting.
0: <laughs> Boy, I mean, I'm going to go buy a stop, carton of cigarettes when I walk out of here. Stop all
1: dieting. Uh, yeah. It's a very, it's a very stressful time to have any sort of like CNN pop-up notifications turned on.
0: Oh, yeah. Do you have?
1: <laughs> I do. Um, And to just be like, because you're sitting there like. I have a very hectic day job at the moment and to be sitting there feeling like you're drowning, literally drowning in insane work and then to also have these constant like apocalyptic pop-up yeah. notifications coming in the corner. Like there's one today to even hear much about that was like, "Oh, um, you know, Trump si- uh, in privately privately signs uh, you oh, know, the legislation parenthood? to yeah, that, that allow states to do fun planned parenthood." I'm like, "Awesome." yeah and you know it just feels like it's just like he has this this approach of just blitzing you mm-hmm. um so you're like you know you're just like what, what do i even where do i start
0: mm-hmm. uh we have a mutual friend dave who will text me once in a while with something that's like his funny take on whatever's happening um and it's like it'll be like a super inside joke it'll be like oh we now we know what like jim's doing and i and i know like jim's in the military so i'm like. Oh, really? I need more context. Like, well, now I don't right. even know where which, to Google. Like, where's which Jim? Operation? Which is obviously not, you know, not at all going to get me to the story. But, um, <laughs> like, send a link. If you're yeah, going to make please. a joke, send a link. Yeah,
1: because it's just too much. Like, you can never, I no longer assume that I know what someone's talking about when they walk up to me and say something about, like, oh, God, in the news today. It's like, right.
0: I'm like, well, we better go get some water bottles. And it's like, oh, I don't know, is that, what is that? Is
1: that- <laughs> right. It's just like, oh, hey, do you, do you see that one grain of sand? It's like, oh, you have to be more specific. <laughs> real tough
0: um yeah so you know in times like these uh we have movies which um a
1: particularly ridiculous escapist movie franchise in particular which is what we'll be talking about today
0: the fate of the furious when a mysterious woman seduces dom into the world of terrorism and a betrayal of those closest to him the crew faces trials that will test them as never before you know what i like about you dom you're a genuine outlaw, but you're family. The hell of a job, brother. When we get back to the base, beer's on me. He's about to go up against the only thing they can't handle—you. Did
1: you ever think you'd betray your family the way you did today?
0: Dominic Toretto just turned on us. Well, well, well. You look at that. I don't know why he's doing this, but that wasn't dumb. She's the very definition of high-tech terrorism, and now she's working with your guy. All right, first things first. Jason, what is your history with the Fast and the Furious um, franchise? I am aware of it.
1: <laughs> and That's all I have to say about that. Yeah,
0: I think same here.
1: Yeah, I have never watched one. Me neither. This was the so the, I don't even think we knew that when we sat down. I don't think we talked about it. No.
0: But right, no, that was our first, our first time hearing it.
1: Yeah, we were we we had our Vin Diesel popped us both cherry wise just, just real real just right off the bat. Mm. Just went in.
0: Um yeah.
1: She is folding her arms over herself right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't like the way this is going already. Um <laughs> I so, did yeah. play some racing video games that um, I don't know if they were inspired by the Fast and the Furious um, or vice versa. Um, but there was a lot. Of, I feel like Michelle Rodriguez was the voice in one of them, which is why Ooh. I like felt like I thought I saw it. But um, no, I've never seen any of them.
1: Yeah, no, I I have never. Uh, they they there's just this weird thing that's just persisted. Mm-hmm. It's one of the longest running film series and
0: I think it's the franchise that's made the most money for Universal
1: yeah I would buy that I think
0: there's there's like a Fast and the Furious ride at uh, Universal Studios oh in yeah LA. I mean this
1: is like this is such a cash cow for them mm-hmm. which I think I was I was thinking this to someone earlier this is a film for which one of its stars tragically died in a manner similar to the movies themselves mm-hmm. and even that didn't stop them from making Mm-mm. the movies
0: no no I wonder how that affected the sales like so he passed Paul Walker passed away um, this the one we're reviewing now is eight he passed away before seven they came out with seven he was partly in it partly CGI
1: right and they gave they wrote an exit for his character to explain mm. why he wouldn't be around anymore
0: I wonder if seven was like the biggest one
1: it's possible. I mean, I think it was a pretty big... Uh... Things
0: we could have looked up before doing the show.
1: <laughs> There's no way of knowing.
0: I mean, I guess we'll never know. Let's just, just make a guess. Let's yeah, just spend, probably. Yeah, it What's
1: the best one. You know, like everyone knew about the seventh one. Everyone went and saw it opening day. Yeah. Clearly, Wait, it Wait, it had
0: that big song that came out with it, right? There was
1: a big song. I think it even may have been nominated or it was going to be nominated for, for an, an Oscar. Oscar, yeah. Which was by who? J. Cole? Who's going to pull a name out of a hat? Yeah.
0: <laughs> So um, if
1: only there was a way to know any of it's this. It's either
0: Jay-Z or Jay-Cole, I think is what you're thinking.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the answer
0: is I don't think it's either of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like about missing somebody. Mm-hmm. It's very sad. Right. Yeah, like it was actually Sarah
1: McLaughlin. It's very upsetting that you <laughs> <laughs> didn't know that already. Um, yeah, it's real. Uh, so these movies have just been around for a whole long time and um, and they have sort of like um like a what are those things called um the video- cockroach yeah <laughs> I was gonna say catamaran but what's that that video game thing of like the thing that keeps rolling it picks up more and more stuff as it goes do you know what I'm talking about uh snowball sure it's like a snowball um it just keeps picking up more cast members as it and progresses. big names big names so I the mean- big
0: names in this one that are new to the franchise <coughs> Helen Mirren yes Charlize Theron uh-huh. uh huh and Scott Eastwood
1: Scott Eastwood. Who is uh, who? I just I just puzzle over him watching him in this movie because he is son of Clint, um, and he is just he's 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 like the kind of like if you went into a douchebag lab <laughs> and just use the latest science and like maybe some not fully tested technology to just like make like the douchebag to end all douchebags. When I, I first saw him, Scott Eastwood.
0: I thought it was Zac Efron. When he was wearing like sunglasses and Mm. then he sort of took them off.
1: Zach Efron wishes he had the natural manly build of Scott Eastwood. Oh. Because Zach Efron is still kind of like, he will always be petite. Scott Eastwood looks like a man.
0: I can't tell the difference. (laughs) <laughs> I honestly would think they have this. They could be body doubles for each other. That is, except Zach Efron like tries to like lift a lot of weights and like. Lift Zac really Efron bulky, is like, right? yeah, he's
1: overly, he's overly bulky. He's compensating for his petite frame. Mm. And that's just what's happening with him. Okay. <clears throat> Scotty yeah, Switzman shame everybody here. I'm happy to, you know, they can take it. So Scotty Swid's in it along with all the other guys, and you know, it, these movies have that weird thing of having both Vin Diesel and The Rock in them.
0: Oh, and there was a lot of news stories coming up to this about how. Those two were not getting along and couldn't be on set together. See, and... I just
1: heard that recently, but I only bring that up because I think of them as more or less the same person. Mm. Um, but, you know, because they're both these like... Okay, then
0: who's Pitbull?
1: <laughs> this is, if only, I mean, so many questions, we're, we're asking more questions than we are answering it. And mm, I'm I, I'm fine with that. But, uh, you know, I mean, like, they're so similar, but I guess, like, compared to Vin Diesel, though, I have to say, I think this is the most time I've ever spent looking at Vin Diesel in a movie. The same. Um, and what a what a puzzler that one is. <laughs> and by that, I mean he might be the missing link.
0: I think that uh, that's a dick thing to say, but <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> in addition, yeah. I think that I I could I could see what you're saying about the rock and Vin Diesel, except that. Um, the Rock is like the most awesome yes. person ever. So the, it's yes. like if you were, if you totally never knew who either of them were, like, just were like, oh, these are like maybe two photos or something. Mm-hmm. But like once you know, like kind of, sure. I mean, The Rock is like so charismatic. No, yeah, no and, Dwayne Johnson
1: is, 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 a, is, a, is a gift to be cherished. Oh, you're going to use uh. his
0: given name. <laughs> like some, kind of, <laughs> some kind of expert over here.
1: Well, I know that you're like a wrestling purist, so he'll <laughs> always be The Rock to you.
0: I know nothing about wrestling.
1: But uh but yeah, um so Vin Diesel is as I was saying, the missing link. And it's so interesting to just contemplate his his cuz he's he's such like a funny <clears throat> kind of like punchline I guess culturally because he is like this weird like lummox of a thing and he just like <laughs> and like he he just looks like he's made out of granite and his face doesn't really move when he speaks. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's not super intelligible when he does speak. Mm-hmm. And I guess his social media imprint is like just one to be cherished in terms of like just this weird mix of like inspiration and just like smiling selfies or something. Like oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so Vin Diesel is 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 a character, um, and it was to watch I mean, him and Michelle Rodriguez play.
0: I mean, that's a match made in heaven.
1: It is. So uh, we are Vin it, and Frank. It has
0: been it's it's been interesting that the movie that we saw after seeing the assignment was this movie because we have uh, after we saw the assignment. You heard that um I don't a hot mess of an episode um where we could barely speak because we were laughing so much about the movie and about how terrible uh, Michelle Rodriguez was. Then we spent the week just sharing links back and forth with all these interviews she's done throughout her career, mm-hmm. saying all sorts of terrible like even about the assignment. You know she kind mm-hmm. of there she's asked about it. And, and Joshua uh, alluded to this in, in the episode, but. She's asked about, you know, what what what, is, what do you have to say about what the LGBT community has to say about this movie? And she basically says, uh, well, like, I'm bi, so you can't say anything to me because I'm one of you. Wh- which is like... That's not how that works. In- yeah, that's not how that works. It's like some things. weird,
1: like, queer immunity that she thinks that she has. Yeah. And um, then, uh, and then uh, Scott reminded me of an old interview she did once where uh, she was being asked about dating girls... And she stated, just to emphasize that she is into guys and girls, she said, Mishy like sausage.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so actually, it was two separate interviews. One, the one, so I mean, you know, it's unfair that the celebrity is, is, you know, asked about her personal life. But the first stage was that she denied it. And then the second stage was that she it said that she was by and said, I like. I. She's like. I do I like guys the and the whole. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's like. I do guys. I do girls. And then the last part. She's is when she kind of says like. You can't talk to me. But the first part is when she gives that.
1: Missy likes sausage.
0: Yeah. Line.
1: So there's that. And there's also the fact that her Twitter bio simply says student of life.
0: <laughs> and then there's this uh, photo of her um, like backstage at the assignment where someone's like feeding her a vape pen while she's like all wrapped up in a in a straight jacket. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs>
1: And that's when you really realize you were the same person. (laughs) That was a moment of feeling seen and represented. (laughs) Uh, And also that Smurf video.
0: Oh my God, the Smurf video. So she's also a voice of one of the new Smurfs. And they just put, she she tweeted this like video. It's like probably all these like segments that are supposed to go in parts of different commercials. But she posted the video of like all of them together with these like weird breaks in the middle. (laughs) And uh, so, and they're just, I don't even know. We can just share it on Facebook. It's like. I love girl power, and there are so many girl smurfs in this movie. Like, there's like an old smurf, there's like a smart smurf, there's like a bunch of girl Smurf, and I love that. (laughs) I lost it watching that. You gotta watch it again. We've
1: had a solid week and a half of just nonstop Michelle Rodriguez celebration. (laughs) Um, We love Michi. We love Michi. We love her (laughs) as much as she loves sausage. We do. And, uh,. And so to see her in this film with Vin Diesel, and in that way, I think her and Vin are a real natural match.
0: I mean, it's very complimentary. They
1: really do seem to compliment one another nicely. And I will say that, you know, put a little pink lipstick on her, she softens right up. There's a. I mean, you
0: take the first, you got to take the beard off. I think it's really.
1: <laughs> That's gone. Really. And, 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 and some other stuff. And then, some other stuff. <laughs> and she really thumbs up, but. Uh, so the film opens with her and Dom um, Vin Diesel's character on honeymoon in Havana, Cuba because now that Cuba is open to America Mm. you I mean is anyone surprised that Fast and Furious like hauled ass there immediately for a giant opening sequence in which I feel like it tells it tells everything we need to know pretty quickly just in terms of like The, like, girl under butt cheek close-up shots compared to, like, the close-ups of, like, rims spinning and cars racing. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's like... And, like, guys in fedoras. A bunch of old cars, uh, which is what Mm -hmm. we know about Cuba. Old cars, young butts. (laughs) Exactly. It starts off on a real sexist tone. Very (laughs) heavy, which is kind of a shame because the characters, you know, there's there's a one that's, like, a, a female of color who's a great hacker. And Michelle Rodriguez's character is, like, a formidable racer who's also of color. I so was a
1: formidable racist.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. She's like, no, I'm one of them. I could say that too. <laughs> That's what makes me so formidable. <laughs> She's really a triple threat, that one. <laughs> Let's just rename the podcast to like the Michelle Rodriguez Hour. Oh, hey. <laughs> anyway... Uh,
1: it's a shame because
0: you know uh, Charlize Theron's character is like a you know really intelligent, uh, powerful mastermind, but that just opens up with all these butts. It <laughs> shoots itself in the in the, butt. in the butt right off the bat, right away, right off the bat.
1: No, I will and I will say this for the cast that like you know I think that this movie, the franchise in general, has to be celebrated for just like it is so not about white people no Mm-mm. um, and you know and Paul Walker was sort of like the white lead of mm-hmm. the film and they have not to their credit they have not tried to replace him with another white guy they're not like oh we need another white guy right Um, because I mean like you know and he was a beautiful man and a, a fine actor but he was never the biggest box office draw in the films mm-hmm. so and like when you have like the you know the lineup that you have in this film like you are just packing in audiences. Yeah. And it's such a towering testament to what happens when you get a bunch of the, like different dynamic actors of color together and mm-hmm. give them like a giant mega-budgeted franchise like this.
0: And I think that um, in addition to... I, know, I guess I somehow thought this was related at the time when I started thinking it, but it's not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so the butts. For...
0: <laughs> Did we talk about the butts? <laughs> uh, um, but for being eight movies deep this movie feels like it could have been the first movie with, mm-hmm. like, the amount of star power, the commitment to, like, the, um, the action. The energy. Bun- b- budget, the energy. Um, you know, the plot was weird, but it was also, like, I, you know, I mean, it was yeah, advanced. Like, it made sense. It wasn't like, oh, it's movie eight, so we have, like, some somebody's little brother who's still in film school, like, right. knocking it out. Like, it, everything, like, really no, felt no. like the first, by, first movie. it started
1: by F. Gary Gray, who oh, just right? came off of doing Straight Outta Compton. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was a prestige movie. So, you know, so he went from prestige movie to F8. And I mean, getting an Oscar winner like Charlize Theron to join yeah. in, in this late in the game. And you, know, you got to be bring something to the table.
0: Speaking of uh, race and Charlize Theron. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Listen, she's African. She's one of the. She's, she is. She she is. She's, yeah. Remember she, that um, SNL monologue when yeah. she, her and Tracy Morgan, they talked about how hard yeah. it is being African-Americans.
0: Yeah, that was great. Um, when we're introduced. To, <laughs> I don't even know how to get through this. Um, you know, Jason and I took a lot of delight in this movie. Um, with, again, as you mentioned, Michelle Rodriguez.
1: Laughing literally every time she was on screen. Every time. Um, we just to each other saying, Mishy likes this.
0: <laughs> Mishy <Michi laughs> hates that. Charlize Theron is sporting in this movie. You know when you are in high school and your parents take you on a... Maybe this is only for Midwestern white people. And your parents take you to Myrtle Beach or like a cruise. And then you get your hair braided with those little beads at the end. <laughs> That's when when Charlize Theron is sporting in this movie. She's
1: sporting, I mean, you could call them like, a certain generation will know them as like Bo Derek 10 braids. But Um, they're like really thin. They're really fine. They're really fine, thin, blonde mini braids. And she's wearing a giant plume of them (laughs) um, tied into a pony that sort of like cascades down one shoulder. Mm -hmm. And it is a lot of luck. It and really is. she just sort of dares you to fucking say a word about it.
0: I mean, I we did because we were we within did. arm's reach, but I don't we know if I accepted the dare. Uh, if I was around her, I would laugh and point and say, "White no, people with dreadlocks." No, I don't know.
1: No, that would be ill-advised because she's Probably. she's very scary. And I will say that her face was very frozen in this movie. Very intense. Very intense, but also just not moving. It was the first time that I ever saw Charlize Theron in a movie and thought, like, is your forehead moving? Uh, Mm. because normally, I mean, like she is, I mean, she's so genetically gifted, uh, that the weird phrase, well, that's what you say, right? Like you have good genes. Like she's so the full, the full extent of her, of her genetic power is on display because she is, you know, one of the world's most beautiful women. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like she was a little frozen faced, uh, which I was, you know, I was like, oh no, but you know, I mean, like whatever she does, her. Um, and you know, it was just in the fact that this frozen face was framed by all these mini <laughs> braids did kind of exacerbate my Maybe concern the, for the whole situation. The motion of Maybe the braids pulled just tight. distract. Yeah. Oh yeah, the braids pulled her hair
0: tight, yeah. her face
1: tight. Oh, that old, that old trick. Shirley mclean has been doing that for years.
0: <laughs> you just, I can picture her with like a mouthful of braces, kind of chubby. <laughs> <jumping. laughs>
1: um, she also gives one of those performances where she's never speaking in full voice. Mm-hmm. for the entire film she's just like dom if you don't do this for me the wrath will be terrible like she's just like which in some ways you could be like charlie's is just like phoning it in and she kind of is like mm-hmm. i think this is a performance that she could give in her sleep sure. um like she can do just like the just menace you know And just i mean she is she is intense effortlessly as an actress and it's part of why she's been such a great action um heroine over the years. Mm. Um she's done so many action parts and uh so but you know, she's fun. It's fun to watch her do her Devil wears Prada not speaking in a full voice female villain character <laughs> Um for two hours and fifteen minutes, because this is a long <laughs> yeah, it movie. Really is. It goes on. Um although I wouldn't say I was ever really bored though.
0: No, I was I was swept up. I mean there's you know, there's gotta be enough time for all of the like crazy car shit to happen. So yes. it's like Plot, 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 crazy, crazy car shit. shit. Plot, crazy car shit. Plot, plot, plot. Um, so you know it's like working a regular movie in with all this uh, crazy car shit. So <laughs> the aforementioned crazy car, as shit. we mentioned before, um,
1: which there are there is indeed some crazy car shit in this mm-hmm. movie.
0: Well, let's get to so they're on honeymoon.
1: Yeah, so they're on honeymoon in in Havana. And that's where, uh, and so we're thinking, okay, so everything's good now, and whatever has happened in the previous seven movies is behind them, Mm -hmm. and they've all started new and fresh and happy. But then Dom runs into Charlize Theron's character, um, who immediately shows him something on a phone, and we don't know what it is, but it is enough to make him just drop everything and go with her and just start like... Well, I guess he doesn't go with her right away, but basically, like, next time we see him in action with the rest of the gang, he betrays them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they're all like, Dom, no! Um, in this way that suggests that he's, like, like a junkie who keeps relapsing or something. Like, we thought yeah. you were clean! Um, You're doing it again, Dom! No! If you had
0: like that, that intense of a group that did that intense sort of thing, they were seeing like like an EMP from the Russian government, which timely, um, you would want someone with a track record of loyalty and, um, honesty in your very small crew, but of,
1: of, of super whatever it is that they do. He can drive. He can drive. Really Um, well, I guess. And, uh, so yeah, so Dom betrays the group and we don't know why. And he spurns poor Letty, which is Michelle Rodriguez's name. Mm-hmm. He spurns Letty and she's like, Dom, what are you doing? Then <laughs> you back in family. And um and you know, it's 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 heartbreaking, it is. And so then the gang has to get back together because like, oh no, we need to get Dom back, and Dom's gone off and he's gone off the reservation and now we don't know why, but he's working with this woman who's known as Cypher. And um, <laughs> Who is Charlie Theron? Who is Charlie Theron? And, uh, yeah, and then we have just all the different, it's it just, it's just, it. the whole way the movie is set up and written, it proudly dances on the line of self-parody.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Throughout. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dialogue is knowingly ridiculous. hmm um, I believe there was a line that I don't know if we included it in the snippet of the trailer we played, but where Dwayne Johnson goes, I will beat you like no. a Cherokee drum. <laughs> uh, like just things like that. Um, and, uh, you know, so the movie knows it's ridiculous and I appreciate mm-hmm. that about it. Um, it doesn't really get too into that kind of thing, but like it's enough where like it, it knows what it's doing. It has mm-hmm. no pretension to being something that it does not. So, um so yeah, just all the usual action movie tropes come out where like, oh, they're being pulled back into the game. Right. And um And like and, these sort of sworn
0: <clears throat> enemies are um now having are, to work together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh right,
1: yeah, because they have to work with Jason Statham, who mm-hmm. I guess had been a villain. But uh, <laughs> <What> we've gathered. <laughs> we we can only guess. There's no way to actually check.
0: There I mean, I feel like that was one of the more entertaining parts of the movie is that um uh Dwayne Johnson and um and Jason Statham have this like rivalry and they like mm-hmm. spend like a good half of the movie like just you know they're now forced to work together by the government to, to get this him back and um, they just are just fighting all the time by like I don't know giving like swapping insults and it's yeah. like it's pretty funny and um, the extent
1: of my knowledge of Jason Statham's filmography is spy. Starring Melissa McCarthy. Mm -hmm. Wasn't he in, he was
0: like in a series of action movies. Oh yeah, no, like The Transporter. Transporters, that was it. Yeah, These are all movies I
1: don't see. Mm -hmm. I think Um, I saw that one. It's the same blind spot I have for this whole franchise. So to me, Jason Statham is like noted comedy actor and Melissa McCarthy collaborator Mm -hmm. Jason Statham. Kind of like how I only know John Cena from Trainwreck.
0: Oh yeah, uh, me too.
1: So and uh, and and Jason Statham is actually like a really really funny actor, mm-hmm. as he showed in Spy. And uh, so I don't know if he's normally funny, um, but <laughs> I mean, he's this funny is now. Two, he's two for two. He's funny. He has now. a couple
0: of scenes uh, here at the end of the movie um, where he's sort of forced to take care of a baby during a oh, shootout. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, that was one of the most ridiculous that really scenes. Delighted you. you wow, were really uh, having a good time. But it was. I mean, he did it really well. It was very funny and.
1: It is it is one of the most ridiculous things, uh, and yet it it's, it just does it. The movie's like, okay, sure, I guess we're doing this now. He's
0: doing like a full on action he, movie. Yeah. He takes
1: on shooting. Like, yeah, he kills like thirty five guys while wielding like a, like a baby inside of like a car seat.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and just like per- like pivoting the baby away from the bullets, and then just like killing people, and then be like, hello, baby, <laughs> no, you doing all right in there? And the baby's chance, like, like, and the baby's wearing like Beats headphones, I believe. I
0: think so. I think they're playing like the Chipmunk theme song. Oh yeah, and the baby
1: giggling and he's like all right and then it's like bang
0: bang bang bang, bang. he's like you're still good baby all
1: right and then it just goes on like that for a while and I was like this is a thing we're watching it was bold
0: Uh, but I think it was uh, executed well and the other thing that was really bold was one of the uh, car mashups we were sort of talking about mm, earlier mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: Um, yeah there's there's one giant centerpiece car bonanza um <laughs> that literally ends with like unlike the dozens. carb
0: bonanza that you had before <laughs> it got the unlike theater. the carb
1: bonanza that we're allowed to have now that the world's ending <laughs> um but uh but yeah uh there's it's just like it literally ends with like a pile just a giant mm-hmm. pile of cars upside down laying in the middle of the street and
0: they've come from all directions
1: yes Think um up. and <laughs> yes they come all directions especially upwards <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's just kind of like, you know, regardless of how stupid the movie might be, you can't help but be like, whoa, wow, uh, when some of that stuff happens. Uh, so the movie is good on spectacle. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the story is, again, we have nothing compared to compare it to because we haven't seen the last seven <laughs> movies. We have no way of knowing what they're about. Uh, so it felt, you but know. we insisted on doing this review. Yes, we saw it through. And, uh, you know, it has, uh, I also noticed it has not one but two different people from Game of Thrones in it. Uh, so, and I don't know other characters' names, mm-hmm, so I have mm-hmm. nothing else to offer. No, one is Khaleesi's like handmaiden, mm-hmm. um, who is the uh, the woman of color who's the hacker mm-hmm. that you mentioned, with like that you know just you know, gorgeous. And uh, and then there's like some red haired guy who I keep thinking oh. is um
0: he looked like he was in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. has like
1: the exact same styling. <laughs> this is he has on Game of Thrones and he looks like Alan Tudyk
0: but he's not Alan Tudyk. Mm, yeah, he's more of a redhead this guy. Yes. Um so yeah, so if you've never seen these movies before, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if you have seen these movies before, unless one of them that we've missed has been really like <sighs> stellar in a way that we don't yeah. know. It, you yeah. know, this kid throws Tokyo you a few drift. bones. Yeah. There were definitely some, you know, people in the audience who were big fans and certain people sort of popped up uh, different times and mm-hmm. people were very. There's some um, surprise
1: appearances from past characters.
0: Uh, excited about that, so I can't imagine if you're a fan of the franchise why you would dislike this. Like this seems. Yeah, like a, I don't a, imagine
1: it would lose anybody. Great addition at this point in the game, um, and uh, and this is that rare time where we don't have to imagine what it's like to come to it fresh because we did come to it fresh. And even now, several days later, we are just as ignorant <laughs> as we were oh, going in. you didn't
0: cram in all for seven between oh. yesterday and today?
1: No, even I had a bunch of tabs open. So I about... guess I
0: stayed up all night for nothing. <laughs> uh,
1: sounds like you didn't retain any of it. No, not a <laughs> You're like I didn't. Not a bit of it. Not a frame. Uh, no, I. Uh, this was this was a, a fun distraction. I, you know, I, it does go on too long mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then some
0: really cool things happened at the end too. Yeah. There's like. This whole, in, like, uh, the car, you know, they're cars and they're in, um... I, I You're like, know. so
1: there's these cars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i talking about and the cars.
1: There's a shocker thing at the end that involves, uh, cars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and a submarine. <laughs> and a submarine. There is a submarine There's like involved. a submarine chasing cars. It's um, such a
1: video game.
0: It is a video game. It
1: reminds me of It
0: really does. Cuz even the way they say things it reminds yeah. like in a video game they have the like the animated sequences before mm-hmm. you actually get to play and they're like, "Okay guys, what we need to do is like go over there, unlock the thing, get the mm-hmm. codes, do that and like then you go and then you go follow those things and you follow the marker." Right? Yeah.
1: I think I had a video game that was based on True Lies, I want to say, growing up, that was either for like Super Nintendo or Sega, and it really reminded me of that aesthetic. (laughs) It was a very (laughs) mid-90s movie adaptation video game. Yeah. And it's a fine aesthetic to model yourself after. It's
0: it's no shame in it.
1: And and Frank Kitchen gets to kick some ass. Um, Yeah. You know, there is no Frank Kitchen quotes in the credits, so it it, it still comes (laughs) up short of the assignment in that sense. Um, so
0: what are you going to give this, Jason? I mean, I guess
1: this is just a totally middle-of-the-road consumer moderation for me. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't aggressively terrible in any way. And, you know, it, it like we're talking about, despite being the eighth movie, it, sh- it was not flagging at all in any mm-hmm. sense. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, I, I can't imagine anybody who would go to this movie expecting it to deliver something that it won't deliver.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to agree. I think... Uh, I probably would have given it a consume plus but I'm going to ding it on the butts. Um <laughs> butt dings. Yeah it gets it gets a ding Sorry, on the butts. Sorry guys. Just because you're so close. Like you obviously are paying attention. Um you don't really um you know have any other errors but you know you just had a you got people in there already why would you have to go with the butts? Right. I mean More it definitely
1: yeah it crossed over into just like yeah just base old regressive rap video kind of mm-hmm. intro vibes.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, the fate of the furious is uh, rated pg-13 for prolonged sequences of violence and destruction <laughs> but <laughs> two hours worth uh, suggestive content and language so that was the new movie we had for the week and um, we were you know kind of didn't know what to do even though we ended up talking about this one longer than i thought we would yeah so much for Um, having nothing to say about it uh so we wanted to talk a little bit about the sequels that we uh hold dear um personally yes Uh, i had i had a bit of a rough time with this one um
1: yeah it was it was a lengthy so yeah this morning we were texting uh pretty early pre 9 a.m about this and uh and spent a lot of the day going back and forth about whether or not we could, you know, come up with some. Because I kept being like, just think of your favorite sequels. Just think of your favorite sequels. And then she's like, what are yours? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh was that kind I'm of like, day. I'm, like, I'm like, I'll think of something. Um, and, uh, and then we each uh, arrived at one sequel that, um, I mean, I would go, I would certainly, the one I have in mind, I will go on the record as saying it's my favorite sequel of all time. Wow. Um, and yours, do you feel the same way? Or is it just one that you feel... Hmm. you would like to espouse uh
0: i'm I'm not i can't say yet it's my favorite sequel of all time Mm. um i really um yeah i'm not sure but it feels like it right now it feels like it and you know what right now might be all that we have exactly (laughs) sorry um (laughs) (laughs) she's not sorry uh so jason do you want to uh tell us what your favorite sequel is sure thing oh and quickly uh it doesn't necessarily have to be movie number two it, you know yeah, it we, this one's sequel. movie number eight so it, you know it could be anywhere along the line
1: yes uh so in general I would say that the best sequels are always and this is gonna go against what Rebecca's pick is but are always about white people no are always <laughs> oh, are always comedies mm. comedy sequels are the best sequels um and uh because I think that they I'm not sure if it's just because with comedy there's just so many riffs you can do in any particular scenario and so like there are any different you know explorations on some gag from the first movie or i don't know for some reason just like maybe because there's there's less of a sense of like we're doing something important Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. because it's really difficult to carry that into a second film
0: it's like they never made a sophie's choice too
1: i mean there was not really anyone left at the end of that one well insensitive reason. Um, so, uh, yeah, so comedy sequels, I think, generally, uh, do very well. I think that, you know, one that I enjoy that's not my all-time number one is A Very Brady Sequel. Mm. Um, and, uh, I enjoy, I was thinking, um, because yours is kind of a little out of the box in terms of, like, it's not like a movie with, like, a number at the end of it. But it's a continuation of a series. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking even about the films of Todd Salons, uh, the mm. way that he just keeps revisiting yeah. Don Wiener and characters in that universe, as we talked about with Wiener Dog last year. And um, But ultimately, the movie that I would point to as my favorite all-time sequel is Adam's Family Values. Wow. So similar to, uh, to Brady, similar to a very Brady sequel, in that both were examples of kitschy old TV shows that were given sort of like ironic 90s movie makeovers. Um, and yet, uh, in both movies, started off with uh first films that were not as good as the second films. I think mm. with with Abside Values, I think that's beyond dispute, period. Uh Brady Bunch movie, the first one, like it was kind of such a huge thing because of the this this notion of transplanting them to the modern day mm-hmm. and not acknowledging it in any way. So that was great in a kind of a constraints with candy kind of you know mm-hmm. Jerry in high school kind of way. Um so a very basic sequel I just enjoy because it, it just goes so much weirder with the humor. And there's like the ongoing incest storyline with Greg and Marsha where they mm. realize each other is hot after they find out that they're not related by, uh, or uh, well, like, they already were not related. So, mm-hmm. so they realize like all at once, like, oh wait, <laughs> we're both fucking hot. <laughs> um, hilarious. <laughs> Adam's family values. The reason that it is so amazing. Well, there are a few. Um, we'll start with the screenplay. The screenplay is written by Paul Rudnick, who is one of the great gay wits. He also wrote in and out uh, And the other reason it's so great is somebody who was nominated for an Oscar for In-N-Out, and that person is Joan Cusack. Mm. Joan Cusack plays Debbie Jelinski, a nanny hired by the Evans family to look after their kids. And uh, Man, Oh Man is the character of Miss Debbie, one for the ages at the end of the film, um, she has the entire family held hostage, isn't about is about to execute all of them. But before she does that, she does a PowerPoint presentation or a slideshow, <laughs> rather, a slideshow of all the different husbands that she's killed over the years because it turns out that she's a black widow mm. and um, and so going all the way back to her childhood and how she killed her parents because they gave her the wrong Barbie doll and um, and it's just this fully committed, campy thing that has been turned into a song. By RuPaul's Drag Race champion Jinx Monsoon, really, who has who set the entire monologue to music and has a song called "What About Debbie"? It is brilliant. Everybody's doing such great work. Angelica Houston, Raúl Julia, mm-hmm. Christina Ricci were always so brilliant. I haven't even gotten to the summer camp, Camp Chippewa, uh, where uh, where <laughs> You're Wednesday, so where Wednesday and Pugsley are sent off. Um, because the nanny convinces the parents, because the the kids are getting on to Debbie, they're they're starting to figure her out, and so she convinces the parents to send them away to summer camp, and um and which 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 leads to the Thanksgiving pageant that dominates, certainly my and I hope all of your social media feeds. Every yeah, I was year, just going to
0: say I see this every
1: every single year every in Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, um with the uh with the sort of musical theater leaning camp counselors played by Peter McNichol and Miss Christine Baranski. <laughs> Leading to the song, the "Eat Me" song, Um, and then also the surprising turnabout whenever Wednesday goes all revolutionary um, in the middle of the bit. There is just so much about the movie, and I think it's the movie that we need now. In the sense, Mm -hmm. it's it's always been the movie that I need. But you know, so it was called Adam's Family Values, which was a riff on at the time. Mm. Uh, So this came out in 1993. And that was um, <clears throat> coming off of Bush One, mm-hmm. and if 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 you remember, and if you guys were around the time, uh, there was a lot of controversy about a show called Murphy Brown um, <laughs> because Murphy <laughs> decides to become a single mother, and Dan, Dan Quayle, Quayle yeah. said, you know, it's about family values. We need to return to family values, and it was just like this very, of course, I miss
0: that, Bush One and Dan Quayle. <laughs>
1: <such> simpler times,
0: <laughs> man. Just the yeah.
1: So you know, and this was, uh, and which of course was like as always with the right like a coded mm-hmm. uh, a reference to a, a sort of a bygone, maybe mythical, never fully existed America. Sure. And uh, so, uh, and so to have Adamson's values uh, to take this like this this extremely like perverse, dark, morbid family. Um, and to uh, you know, build this movie with this family values joke right in the name, it felt so countercultural at the mm-hmm. time. It felt like such like a hilarious rebuke of um, of this of this attempt to like normalize uh, pop culture and rein it in. You know, it was all about because the whole because that was back when like Bob Dole.
0: Mm-hmm. Was going mm-hmm. after
1: pop culture. It was such a thing in the nineties for conservative politicians to take aim at pop culture, mm-hmm. the rap music, rap music, absolutely. I mean, Tipper Gore, you know, Tipper mm-hmm. Gore was not great with that stuff, and and to have this, you know, it just felt like this this perfectly perverse little bonbon, um, where it was like it was like this big budget, big name studio franchise sequel. Mm-hmm that was written by this like this like the gayest of the gay men <laughs> with so much like just camp wit just infused every moment of it um like there are drag queens in the movie like there's there's just like uh, tony Shaloub <laughs> oh, is antonio
0: has, from wings has <laughs> shows himself again
1: <laughs> no because there's a <laughs> So after Miss Debbie thinks that she's successfully killed Fester, she goes to a bar and she's um, and she's dancing around like she's sitting on the bar dancing around to Macho Man by <laughs> the village people <laughs> while a bunch of like sailors are like dancing after her, one played by Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like a lots of people like that that pop. Oh my god. Oh, okay, so Nathan Lane is in it playing um, like a detective who they go to to try mm. to report that Miss Debbie is 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 trying to has kidnapped Fester and brainwashed him. Cynthia Nixon. Oh, wow. Cynthia Nixon is in the movie as a woman who interviews. She plays a hippie uh, woman who tries to interview for the job to be the kid's nanny. So they have a whole setup of like different nannies they audition to, you know, Mm -hmm. that like Wednesday and and Pugsley terrify and send running out of the house before they. Joan Cusack comes in and just slays everybody. So, So kind of literally, but. It is so fucking good. <laughs> and I would, lo- I would love to see a studio movie today that did what Absolutely Values pulled off in terms of like having this, 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 yes, yeah, this like this big budget franchise sequel that is so subversive. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also the challenge we live in right now in terms of like how do you how do you make art and parody out of something that is already inherently parodic and over right. the top and insane and absurd, which is what we are living with right now. So, but, uh, it's a movie that holds up. I've seen it many times over the years. I think it's still very funny. It is a show that Peaches Christ has done, um, in which, uh, Sharon Needles played Angelica Houston's role and Jinx Monsoon reprised, uh, her performance as Debbie. Just, just wonderful. Oh, and then <laughs> Peaches, <laughs> Peaches played Wednesday. <laughs> Um, Which is hilarious because um, if you guys haven't seen Peaches, Christ in person, um, she is a a a taller. Mm. Go with that, Mm. taller. Uh, So Wednesday really just towered over every other (laughs) female (laughs) character in the cast in this production of the show. So anyway, uh, that is a sequel that I love more than any other and that I've loved for, I guess, God, it came out 24 years ago. Wow 24 years since Adam's Family Values came That's out That's crazy It's also, I've always, I've loved it despite the fact that saying the name of the movie is not easy for me
0: Adam's Family Values?
1: Adam's Family Values Oh yeah Adam's Family Values As fa- I don't know where, it's like a mix of like the M and the S and the F real quick Adam's Family Values Yeah, it's the
0: M and the F real quick I Adam's think fans,
1: is Adam's th- Family Values I've been Pronounced Yeah, I've been, yeah, I get I get trip over my tongue every time, mm. but I keep going in after it because I'm persistent. Good for you. Thank you. Um, So that is my long, rambling, unplanned, unshaped thoughts on... Um, Very,
0: very, uh, very shapely.
1: Thank you. (laughs) The hips on
0: those thoughts. On what makes...
1: Birthing hips on those thoughts. On what makes AFV, which is also the acronym of America's Funniest Home Videos. Another 90s Mm. reference. I am bringing it down. So... That is, uh, <laughs> that's a song I made up that was not actually the theme song.
0: You are, yeah, you're really delighted.
1: I I mean, like, I think about that movie and it just animates me. Uh, and certainly as, like, a sarcastic 11-year-old when it came out, like, I love, I mm. lived, I lived for Wednesday Adams and I lived for Darlene on Roseanne. Mm. Those were my queens. Wow. Um, As I was, like, beginning to go through puberty, I lived for both of them. And I I, I felt, I, I saw myself in them. You see yourself in animals. I see myself in them. We all have our conduits through which we can experience the world. Uh, you didn't
0: have an Alex P. Keaton face?
1: Never. Yeah, me neither.
0: <laughs> Go on. Um, but no,
1: I mean, Christina Ricci is so fucking good in that movie. Oh, they all are. I'll just keep going. Okay, you you're going to watch me. it as soon
0: as I leave. I
1: might. <laughs> so anyway, so that's my pick for the best sequel ever made. Add in so many values. Fuck your godfather, too. <laughs> uh,
0: Rebecca, what's yours? <laughs> godfather, too. <laughs> this is awkward. Uh, actually, that was the first one I thought of. Um, but... I do like one a lot, so I can't say I like two better than one. I know that's unpopular, but...
1: I'm glad I didn't go on a rant about, like, you know how cliche it is to say The Godfather Part (laughs) 2?
0: You know what I hate about Italians? (laughs) As you want to say. Every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So my pick for best sequel is, um, as you mentioned, it's not a a number, um, and it's not uh, closely following the original, but it is one of our favorite movies from last year, and definitely a movie I have seen Probably um, five times, maybe six, since it came out in November of last year. Mm-hmm. I guess it was two years ago now, right? Uh, which is Creed. Um, the uh, Rocky, I guess, it would be Rocky Seven. I mm. think if it if it were um, numbered, because there were five, and then there was Rocky Balboa, and then there was Creed. Yes. Um, so yeah, I think you know I had seen. I think I saw. I saw Rocky. I think I saw two and. Three, But they were, you know, again, it was like a long time ago. Um, And so I, you know, I knew of the franchise, uh, you know, wasn't interested in seeing um, the others. And when you came back from first seeing it, I was really surprised at your reaction. And you were surprised at your reaction. I was. Had you seen any of the Rocky movies when you saw the first one? I had seen the Rocky
1: movies, yes. I had seen them younger, yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So it definitely was not what you were expecting. Um, And it does a really great job of being... Um, so timely and um, so modern but at the same time holding on to what was really great about the first one which was like the sweetness of uh, Sylvester Stallone's character um, and in having him you know in that role you know there's subtle sort of throwbacks in the in the plot about where he lives and you know mm-hmm. his family and um, but otherwise it's a, it's a pretty fresh story um, yeah you take you know you take the reference of like Adonis yep. being Apollo Creed's son, son, um, but but then it's a whole it's a whole fresh take on it. Um, you know the movie was directed by Ryan Coogler and starred uh, Michael B. Jordan. I have been so delighted by this movie. Well, like you know we've time.
1: said before and we'll say it again. Ryan Coogler was robbed for a best director nomination.
0: Yeah, I because Sylvester Stallone was nominated and for yeah, the only um, white
1: person the only person nominated for Creed was a
0: white person. Yeah, that was a shame. Yeah, um, but yeah, Michael B. Jordan is um, I mean. First of all, he looks amazing. Um, I believe the, I said
1: what, cantaloupes up the arms he has. Yeah, <laughs> smug- full on full of smuggling, smuggling cantaloupes.
0: Um, but Tessa Thompson. Gives a really heartwarming performance. Tessa Thompson's character is so strong and so uh, creative. Mm-hmm. Um, their relationship has such great chemistry. Oh, you just crackling. you want to be a part of that relationship. Um, the way they shoot the fights. I'm just
1: picturing them on a date and you like sidling up outside the window, (laughs) just like looking from face to face. Uh, So.
0: (laughs) Are you each other's Johns or? (laughs) my John? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, the depiction of cheesesteaks is really on point. It is. Um, I think I saw this uh after i or before i went to philadelphia and then was really excited to go to philadelphia so if a movie can make me really excited to go to philadelphia i don't know i don't yeah, know what else to say it that's about a special it. thing that's a special thing right really there. it's a special treat i thought it was definitely one of the best movies of 2016 um in the short time it's it's been out 2015 I've, 2015 uh in the short time it's been out i've seen it uh probably more than any other sequel Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Fortunately, Emperor's New Groove is not a sequel.
0: <laughs> yeah, the Emperor's New Groove has a sequel, which is not good. <laughs> yes, it's right. like Kronk goes to school or something. Kronk's okay. <laughs> right. tail. I don't Magical know. Magic like "sure," I'm down. It's, it's called a Kronk's Tale Well, I mean, Creed
1: does so well. But I think the stuff that we talk about in the show a lot in terms of like representation, mm-hmm. in terms of of, of inclusive casting. Um, you know, like it takes a story that is, you know, one of the most mythic iconic stories in all of American cinema Mm -hmm. and, you know, it gives it this modern twist and, uh, you know, and it, and it gives, you know, all the, these guys who've had Rocky to look up to as a hero for all these years, it gives young men of color, uh, a hero to look at, Mm -hmm. uh, as well in the character of Adonis. Mm -hmm. And it just does it with such grace and, uh, such gravity and, Mm -hmm. and yeah, it, it it does. It does important work and, mm-hmm. but it's not a kind of movie that like buckles under its own importance it's also just a, just a real rip-roaring
0: good time of an action movie drama mm-hmm. um, so that is my favorite sequel um, are there any sequels coming up that you're looking forward to? Oh that new Smurf movie with Michelle hey. Rodriguez? <laughs> Chopping at the bit for that one? oh gosh I don't know what sequels are coming out
1: um, oh well Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is coming out mm. um, is that
0: uh, so there's only one of those? yep just and one is is it worth seeing? Oh
1: my god, yeah. Guardians like, of the Galaxy is so good. Okay. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Um it is like that it's so fucking funny. Um it's 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 really good. Um it's it's definitely sort of like an antidote to some of like the more um clunky self-important um Marvel U movies. Mm-hmm. So no, it's Scott's obsessed. So yeah, that's <laughs> the sequel that's coming out. That I'm looking forward to see if they can keep that up.
0: And uh, I don't know what else. I just, there's going to be a new Avatar, oh, uh, God, new I... Pirates of the Caribbean. Like they nope. only sort of like re- are redoing these franchises that are, and guess... all the things you would expect,
1: Spider-Man, Batman vs. Superman. And Even though, even though Frank Kitchen and Sigourney Weaver were both in Avatar 1, weren't they? I think was, so. Was Michelle Dream. Oh, there's a new
0: Toy Story coming out. Yeah,
1: I never, yeah I've, I've actually never really cared about the Toy Story movies. Mm. That's the true thing about me, but... I will say that we're talking about movies that are coming out. Today, um, they announced the initial lineup of movies that are going to be premiering at the Cannes Film Festival. Mm. And there are some some biggins. Nice. Namely, a movie called Wonderstruck, directed by one Todd Haynes, starring oh. one Michelle Williams and one Miss Julianne, Julianne Moore. Moore. Julianne Moore and Michelle Williams in the same movie directed by Todd Haynes. How oh, am I going to lose? what are you gonna do oh my god I don't know and there's a new Sofia Coppola movie called The Beguiled starring Elle Fanning and Nicole Kidman of
0: course it is <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I know Sofia Coppola has haters out there and I love her and go hard for her um and so those are those are the sort of the two biggins everybody's talking about at the top of the list but oh my god this Todd Haynes movie can't come soon enough mm. Um, Which is a sequel of sorts Because we'll just say short. Every movie he's named With Julianne Moore So it's a sequel to Safe yeah. Far From Heaven And I'm Not There Yeah
0: that works It's a common thread mm-hmm. Between all of them Yeah um. So I think that pretty much wraps up our show. Yeah. Um. Next week we'll have some more new movies, and if we don't, we'll think of another uh, weird thing to talk about. Yes. Um, Thanks for
1: encouraging us to do the show anyway, mm-hmm. and we apologize <laughs> if it. Uh, if maybe you're thinking maybe we shouldn't have encouraged. Right, them that's why We're just
0: dramatic. We're like we're not gonna do it unless you we hear yeah, back. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. We're very. Yeah. Uh, um. We you don't we really love us. We just cross our arms and look away until mm. you we feel you tugging at our our mm. pant leg, and then we're like. Mm. i mean if you really want us to we can do it how how, how long are we at right
0: now like two and a half hours <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna have some editing to do tonight
1: the world's longest episode of a podcast <laughs> like we never wanted to the do f- the Furious. <laughs> so this is what happens when we're not when we're not really focused from the outset
0: um anyway thank you so much for listening be sure to subscribe if you like it on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts um jason uh will uh, be posting on as he calls it, the Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, You could just look up The Binge Movie Podcast. And uh, also you're on Twitter. Um, I am. At XS Baggage. And I'm at Fight Balance. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason.
1: You made it to the end. That's amazing. There goes the binge. binge.